Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. You've heard me say many times that we are so fortunate to have such prestigious medical resources in our own backyard. Traveling to the Cleveland Clinic main campus or University Hospitals Medical Center is a short trip on the highway for most of us. Because these institutions are progressive, highly respected, and very successful in what they do, people seeking medical treatment come from all over the country and really from all over the world to receive top-notch care, including organ transplants. Hi, you're listening to episode 94 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. Visiting a new city with the hopes that life can be improved greatly or saved is an overwhelming experience for anyone. Individuals coming to Cleveland to be evaluated or are on the waiting list for a transplant are very fortunate to have a home away from home located close to both transplant centers called the Transplant House of Cleveland. LifeBank is proud to have been a supporter of the Transplant House of Cleveland, really from the very beginning. And our CEO, Gordon Bowen, is a current board member and provides all kinds of fundraising opportunities for Transplant House so that we can give back to recipients who have gotten the gift of life. Our guest on this episode is Annette Humbersome, who is a licensed social worker and she works at Transplant House. Annette is here to share why this is such a special resource to Cleveland. Annette, thank you for taking time to talk with me. Absolutely, thank you for asking. We gotten the idea that this is a, a hospitality home for those that are being cared for who are either on the waiting list or have received a transplant. Can you explain a little more uh, about Transplant House and why it is such a special place? Oh, definitely. Transplant House is made up of two apartment buildings and then a duplex house where we have our offices. In combination, we have 25 apartments and they range from one bedroom to studio to two bedroom. They are all fully docked with tops, pans, sheets, beds, towels, everything. The only thing that guests need to bring are themselves, their clothes, any medication. But otherwise, we've tried to think of absolutely everything because we know that people are coming here and the last thing we want them to worry about is where they're going to sleep tonight when they have enough on their mind. Exactly. The process of being evaluated and worked up for transplant and, of course, going through that waiting period and the surgery itself, it's so overwhelming. And I think such a relief when people know that they have a place to go back to. Those services are wonderful. Absolutely. And what is your role with Transplant House? As you said, I am a a social worker. I'm a transplant social worker, actually. I came from the Cleveland Clinic. I was there for 15 years on the liver transplant team uh, before I came here in March of 2020. And fortunately, Elaine, who is our director, saw the need beyond just a place to stay, but also 
for guests, for the caregivers, for the patients, but also for the staff to just be able to talk about what is happening. Because we certainly have a relationship with the hospitals, but this is a place where people come back to at night. You know, when they've had this long day at the hospital, when they've been hearing the beeping of the machines, or they've been staying here waiting for that call and hoping that will come soon. This is a place which is more relaxed. You know, we don't wear white coats and we don't have beeping machines. So our hope is that they feel comfortable to come back and just sit down and talk. And even as I'm talking to you now, my social work intern is downstairs having a conversation with the family. This morning we had breakfast that was grab and go before they leave. And there were 11 apartments that were here in and out safely. And it's just a time for people to know that there are others here going through the same journey. They understand. There's just an understanding that they may not be here for the same organs, but they're here for the life-saving purpose, you know, and hoping for that gift of life and a better quality of life. That's what I love about Transplant House so much is that there is this byproduct of support among people who, like you say, understand the journey you're on. It is a unique journey. Um, Unless you've been in those shoes, you really don't understand. I mean, it's exhausting at times and frustrating, and it's a roller coaster. And I think it's so helpful to have somebody there, not only for the potential recipient or recipient, but for the caregivers. Absolutely. And we have people that come here, as you said, from all over the United States. And you can go in our parking lot at any given time and see license plates from at least 10 different places, sometimes up to 15 or 20. And we have people that stay here for a few days. We have people here stay here for months. We have people here right now. We have several patients, actually, whose family members have been here since October. We've had people stay here for years. You know, our average length of stay here is 19 days. But that's a long time when you're far away from home. No matter how long people stay, I think there are a lot of lifelong friendships that are formed. Yeah, because people start to connect, definitely. And we look forward to that. We're very careful about it. We want to make sure that both sides are okay with that because some people just treasure more of their privacy and other people want to reach out. And so it's really based on on what they need. But the other thing that I wanted to mention, and, and you mentioned Gordon Bowen, and it is our honor that he helps here and and works with the board. Um, And we do have a Gordon Bowen Assistance Fund that people donate to, and that allows us to help. It allows us to help, you know, with a little bit of the cost that is here, but we also really try to help people understand what fundraising is or if there are grants available or other things that will serve people beyond just staying here that might help them pay for some of the costs for transplant medications, or lodging, or travel, or food, or or whatever. So we are definitely grateful for that. LifeBank doesn't work with transplant recipients. We're strictly on the donor family side, but it's a way for us to reach out and see the results of our hard work, see those recipients that have gotten the gift of life, and how meaningful it is for anybody who visits, because it is, it's proof of, of our work. It's lovely. We love it. Thank you. Speaking of what a special place it is, you know, there's no better testimony than somebody that is staying at Transplant House. And I'm so pleased that we have another guest today, Caitlin Lambert. Hi, Caitlin. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your life before coming to Cleveland? 
So I'm actually 28, and we are from North Carolina, a little place called Taylorsville. The best way to explain Taylorsville is there's a couple stoplights and a Walmart, lots of chicken houses and cow pastures, and that's about it. Um, We've never kind of been to a big city, um, but before kind of all this started, I actually became sick with gastroparesis in 2017. Prior to this time, I actually worked in the operating room as an anesthesia technician. And I've done that for the last probably six and a half years. And my role kind of in that was just assisting the CRNAs and the anesthesiologists. So we would help if it's, you know, drawing up drugs, getting the patient set up on monitors, just kind of whatever they needed. And then we would kind of help turn over the rooms and get things ready for the next case. So um, that was kind of my life before I got sick. And I come from a really weak family. I have six sisters. There's seven of us total, all girls. And then I think right now, between five of the sisters, there's probably about 15 nieces and nephews. And then my dad is also a pastor. So just coming from kind of like a big family, and it is definitely really hard to be away from home. But I can definitely say that being here at the transplant house has been definitely like a second home for Matthew and I. Because as y'all were kind of speaking of before, we've been able to meet so many different families from just kind of all over. They may not all be having the same organ transplant as me, but just being able to talk to him about kind of how the steps have gone along and what to expect when the call comes and just different things like that. So it's been really helpful. So you really know the ins and out of a surgical suite and you kind of have an idea of what happens in surgery. That could be a blessing and a curse at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I used to say like, you know, being back at home, I had gone through probably 20 different surgeries total and then several different procedures and like trial drugs and they kind of ran me through the ringer Um, and just several different hospitals all like throughout North Carolina and I always would say I don't know if it was a good thing to know anesthesia or a bad thing especially when they my co-workers were the ones putting me to sleep Um, (laughs) but I do have to say from a patient um, healthcare provider side of things that it's given me such a big outlook on things like, I always knew that I enjoyed being there for the patients, but then now being on the other side of things, it just has given me such a greater love for it. And just, you know, knowing that every person that does come in, if it's the operating room or wherever it may be, everybody has their own story and they have their own journey. And, you know, it is super scary going into surgery and just kind of being able to be there to, you know, help comfort somebody, whatever that may be. But it definitely has been trialing at times, but it has. Like I said, it's just kind of given me a better outlook on things just overall. And what a gift it will be that you'll be able to give that back to your patients. That's experience. Oh, yeah. Knowing yeah. where they they are, you know, that's wonderful. As you mentioned, your husband is obviously on this journey with you. What does Transplant yeah. House offer him? So for him, it's, you know, it's been the same thing for me. Like he can go um, down to the laundry room and he could be going like 30 minutes and he'll come back and he'll just be like, you'll never know like who I just talked to. And then he'll kind of tell me the story of the person he was just talking to, regardless of what the transplant was. So he's been able to meet people as well as I have. We've made really close friends. And even, you know, there's one lady in particular that we never got to meet. We had actually just kind of commented on a post on Facebook and she reached out to us and she's now become like one of our, our best friends and she's helped us along this journey like so much. And her husband had a double lung, so not the same organ, but she's been able to really, you know, help us along this journey. And it's really been helpful for him because she was a caregiver as well. 
So she's been able to, you know, really talk to Matthew and kind of explain, you know, that she's there to support him as well. And, you know, kind of as you guys were saying, that we have so much more than just staying at the transplant house. We have a transplant family. And it, it really has become like our second family. And just, you know, it's so helpful at times to just be around people who get it. And I've said it before, like, sometimes it feels like you're an alien when you're on PPN or tube feeds or, you know, having a line in your chest. And just here, it doesn't feel that way at all. Yeah, that is such a blessing. You're right. Sometimes you do feel very awkward walking around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though there's other patients at the clinic walking around, sometimes you feel self-conscious for sure. I have experienced that myself. So one of the things I love about Transplant House are the community meals and different organizations oh, yeah. bringing in dinner for the residents. You want to talk about that? I can't eat um, anything by mouth yet. But that is my biggest hope after having an intestinal transplant, that I'll be able to be able to go sit down with everybody and enjoy a meal. But Matthew has definitely enjoyed them. Besides the actual food and eating, it's just the camaraderie sitting around a table with people who, like you said, they just get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. You're right. It's so much more than that. Like, it's just the conversations that spark and, you know, you're, you may be walking outside or walking to the office and you just run into somebody and it's just like an immediate, like, there's just a friendship that, you know, kind of builds and flourishes immediately when you're on the ground here at the transplant house. And it's just good knowing you're not alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Caitlin, and as somebody who is on the waiting list for transplant, what would you say about organine tissue donation and being a registered organ donor? It is the best decision I've ever made. I understood it when I signed up to be an organ donor, but I think that now actually being on the journey, I've realized even more that the decision I made was the absolute best because I've really been looking at it kind of in this perspective, especially since they've listed me nationwide. But, you know, even though, you know, the donor and the donor family, they're going to be losing a loved one at the same time, you know, they're giving life to so many people. And that's just kind of the perspective that I keep looking at. And I know the same has been for my family as well. We've all just kind of in a whole new perspective of it all. And, you know, there's several of my family members that weren't organ donors. And I think now that it, has really kind of opened their eyes too as well to, you know, what all it means and what all it entails. I had a donor family tell me once that my loved one isn't keeping a recipient, a stranger alive. The recipient is keeping my loved one alive. And oh, yeah. that was so Absolutely. poignant to me. That was so meaningful. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Caitlin. I appreciate that very much. I'm going to jump back over to Annette. Annette, what do you want to add to yeah. Caitlin's comments? You know, she's talked about how much it's meant to them, but I, I would add how much they've meant to us already. They just are so willing to jump in. Their neighbor across the hall had come home for the first time. I say come home here after having been in the hospital for 100 days and was determined to go up the six or seven stairs that are there. And Caitlin and her husband heard them kind of having a hard time. And he was out there immediately helping her up. He not only helped that patient, he helped another patient, which was in our other building the other day, just as a steady hand. And it's just wonderful when we see that here, because it's not something that you would necessarily have happen in a hotel. You know, in a hotel, I, I wonder if it would feel more isolating and, and not so much like you were home. 
which is what we hear people say, we're going back home. And that is really our intention because the feeling of loneliness is absolutely the worst. And to feel like you are seen and you are heard and, and people have a sense of, of what is happening, um, it's priceless. It's yeah. just priceless. You're absolutely right. It's such a complicated process and it's so involved. Having people there that are friends, right? Even if you don't know each other, you know that you could probably knock right. on any door and ask for help and right. somebody would more than likely help you. And, and that's a good oh, yeah. feeling. And that just, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. it takes that burden off. Right. It's such a difficult time in people's lives. Well, and the relationships continue. I, I could tell you countless stories of families that have become friends and they remain friends. And it, it doesn't matter where they're from. I'm looking out the window at building two and thinking of three families that were there last year. One family was from Washington state, one was from New Hampshire, and one was from the middle in Indiana. And those three families will be friends forever. And they never would have known each other hadn't they had the shared experience of being here and waiting for a transplant and then being transplanted. So we see that happen a lot and it is such a gift. It is, it is. Is there anything else going on at Transplant House you want to mention? We would love to be getting together more in person than we have been, but in the essence of safety, we, of course, are being very careful. We have recently partnered with TRIO on the patient support group, which I know is near and dear to your heart, Colleen, and we look forward to inviting our guests to join that group on the third Wednesday of the month, which is Zoom with with TRIO. We also will be having some other events coming up this summer, including a 5K on June 26th. And we hope to have our second dance at Life Gala again in the fall, in October. More to come on that. In the meantime, we'll have lots of breakfasts. We will have walks outside. We will have one-on-one conversations. We will teach about fundraising. I think, honestly, just to know that the gift of life is beyond anything I can describe. There, There just are so many stories people who have been given a second chance at life and have met new grandchildren, um, maybe have met a new partner, uh, maybe started a new job, maybe have a new outlook on life. It's just, it's limitless. And I think once you hear these stories and you meet people that have gone through this, it just impacts you in a way that you're never quite the same. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and we're just eternally grateful for our donors. So you can't get any mm-hmm. better than that ultimate gift of life. And as a recipient, the gratitude is eternal, for sure. We just appreciate the opportunity for, for Caitlin to talk about intestinal transplant, especially because not everyone realizes that that can be done. There's a lot more knowledge about kidney transplant and heart, maybe even liver, um, but not so much about intestine. But even when we came here, that was kind of the big thing. Like everybody was like, they do that. And we're like, well, we didn't know about it either until we came here. So it's been, we've learned so much about it. But, you know, the one thing we keep being reminded by everybody is that we're at the top hospital in the nation for the intestinal transplant. So we're just, we're so thankful for the opportunity. But not only from the transplant house, but just like some of the groups, there's been several um, of the people who've already gone through the intestinal transplants and just to, we actually just met one the other day while we were in the clinic. And the, the very first thing he said was just, this was the best decision I've made in my life. So that is just so reassuring. And then to, you know, 
be able to make those lifelong friendships of the people who have been through it and them to tell me, you know, send me pictures of them eating a big stack of pancakes or, you know, they've made homemade mm-hmm. biscuits or, you know, just different things like that. Yeah, I've really, I've truly missed sitting down and just having a family meal and having a meal with Matthew and my friends and, you know, because that's our nature. We just like to eat and that's been, that has definitely been one thing I've really missed. Well, that's part of being a family. Caitlin, yeah. Especially a young family. You just sit down and eat, and that's where everybody shares everything. And not only that, I mean, still like church gatherings, and it's just like that's always the big thing. It's just, you know, everybody has has a meal afterwards, or for every holiday there's a meal, and it's it's definitely just been a lot of things that I've missed. What food do you think you would eat first, Caitlin? I would have to say I probably really miss Olive Garden. (laughs) That one would probably be one. (laughs) That would probably be one I miss, yes. Well, there you go. Yes, Something to there shoot you for. Go. Well, ladies, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And Caitlin, we wish you all the best and keep in contact with us. We, we'd oh, love to hear definitely. how you're doing. And when you get the call, we'd love to do a follow-up conversation just to see how you're doing. Maybe we'll do a live remote from an Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> That'd be fun. We're, we're, we're praying the call comes soon because it's, it's very stressful waiting by the phone, but we know it'll come when it's the perfect time. So we're just continuing to trust. We hope you found today's episode informative and inspirational. You know, you can save lives simply by going to lifebanc.org and registering your donation decision. You can catch Let's Talk About Life on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, but you can always find it at lifebank.org. We thank you for listening and we hope you come back next time. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally someone's life is dependent on it.